Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Jacob Anderson's coming today. I keep wanting to say Rally Ritchie, which is his just his, his name as a musician, name. which he actually got from the Royal Tenenbaums. I know. I only found that out too yeah. just yesterday when I was reading the characters about him. Richie and Raleigh. Yeah, I didn't um, think about that. Beautiful boy. I've always kept an eye on Jacob Anderson. I must say, and it's really exciting to meet him. I'd actually mm. sort of done loads of research already because I'd watched Into the Vampire and I started looking him up and looking where his life's at. And so I'm really excited. So actually, when I was doing that, I was like, I really want to chat to him. And He's ask a really interesting guy I think you know because the way he approaches every aspect of what he does I like that he has we're going back to this tree analogy again but I like that he has a sort of central tree and many branches he's a musician he's a writer he's an actor he seems to be wanting to direct as well and he said in an interview that he wanted he always saw himself behind the camera not in front of it so I wonder how he ended up on the other side yeah and he's great on the other side he's, he's so good in interview really good I've only just started watching it I am now obsessed with it yeah I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. it's on BBC I player and every episode is there to watch and it really is that like you just get it's just completely it's sucked so into this good. whole other gothic deep south world and it's like hyper reality as yeah. well the, it's like flooded with colour and I like his artistry I like his attitude I kind of know his dad a little bit I know of course you do he's from Bristol of course you do I'm going to talk to Jacob about what it's like to have funky parents amazing <laughs> parents yeah yeah I thought that was what you were going to say Jacob I don't know how you find it but I love having I an amazing having parent. an amazing parent <laughs> I'm making Swedish meatballs, mashed potato, <laughs> and buttered <laughs> buttered garlicky greens and like white mushroom gravy. It's home style gravy. And Mickey is giggling like an idiot because it's her favourite thing ever. I was just thinking, I enjoy hearing you talk about it as much as I like eating this meal. It's just one of the most soothing things in the world. Nana's taught me how to make this with her mum, Moki. I didn't hear peas. All right, there's peas. I'll put some peas on. Okay, great. <laughs> I didn't hear peas. How are you, Charlie? Could you hear oh, that? 
Because you know I'm singing your songs really badly. I love Bloodsport. And I like Stronger Than Ever. I used to train to Bloodsport. We did a little Did you? Yes, man. Come in, Jacob. Welcome So, everything today is about being cosy and warm. We've just come back from holiday. We've been in Kenya for a month. So, we're easing ourselves back in and we just feel like, you know, January, it's just like everything gets a little chilly on the edges, right? So, we've made, Mikita made you this lovely chai and then me and the boys have made you Swedish meatballs and mashed potato with celery leaves in the mashed potato and then there's a white home style mushroom gravy this is like Makita's favorite childhood, childhood <laughs> meal so good. and then roast garlic and spinach and buttered today we don't always do this but today we're gonna clap for the food yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna clap for the food because we haven't even had any of the food nice yet. teamwork <laughs> nice teamwork um would you like to help yourself yes. please Great, thank like you. you would how do we avoid like no, on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, I've I've heard I've heard a few like chomping chewers. Yeah. <laughs> what on on this or other? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. have you listened yeah. to it, Jacob? Yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah. Nice. I feel very honoured to be here. Oh, Thank we're you. so happy to have you. So you know, I kind of know your dad a little bit. I I found this out like the other day. Do you know this? Yeah. I mean, we sort of, because you're from Bristol. I am. Yeah. Bristol. Right. We did Bristol for a bit. When I was a teenager, I was in a band from Bristol mm-hmm. so I was in Bristol a lot and around the massive attack boys and old like St Paul's carnival yeah proper blues crowd. yeah just really when Bristol was popping I have to say Bristol was a really great place yeah but be. so because of my mum and because of massive attack and, and all that crew I'm really aware of how popping Bristol is and, and the kind of music that's created there and yeah. has been for years and years mm-hmm. I don't think everyone understands well I don't know if it's necessarily a connection that people always make with Bristol this uh, Bristol's a complicated place right yeah you said something really interesting because obviously we knew you were coming so I started reading some of your interviews and you said something about Uh-oh. Bristol and New Orleans yeah having this similar ghost like the ghost of yeah. enslavement hanging over it but they both have this kind of duality about them because there's the horror of that Mm -hmm. but out of that has come this incredible beauty yeah you know the multiculturalism of bristol is extraordinary and the multiculturalism that that creole new orleans funk music vibe food everything from new orleans is soaking soaking in that yeah but because you also get like the pain of a place quite often gets like highlighted yeah it's like this is what people went through here like if you ask anyone in new orleans like if you call anybody resilient to their face like people are like no 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 don't call us that we're not resilient it's like an offensive thing right. for them to be thought of as like people that have gone through something because they're just, just they're, they're moving forward i've seen some stuff in that city that like I, you just just shouldn't ever see right in this world what kind of stuff the levels of like the wealth disparity is is crazy like when you see like a tent and then you see like a a fence around the tent and then like a child's trike in the front and it's like somebody's house is a tent yeah it's it's real shit real Mm -hmm. shit but it's also just this really vibrant colorful musical like arty yeah. City. So what we should say is that one of the reasons that you were in New Orleans is because you were filming the huge uh, series Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. And made by America, 
but shown here on BBC. Is that, the, is that it? Yeah. American like, Money. I started watching Interview with a Vampire. Mm. I haven't seen it. I told us to watch it months ago, by the way. It's so incredible. I can't believe I haven't Thank watched you. it yet. I can't believe I'm, I haven't. It's so up my street. It's so up like, street. That hyper reality. It's so beautifully shot. Mm. You're all incredible in it. I had it on this morning quite early. <laughs> and a couple of people watched it and they went, oh, vampire porn for breakfast. That's great. And <laughs> that's I, an interest. That's, <laughs> a, that's a big morning watch. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was a to commit to that. One of the very big sex scenes going on. And I was like eating my, you know, toast or whatever. And doing they watched it and went, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> There is a lot of jokes. The thing is, is, there is a lot of sex in it. There's a lot of gore, but that is so in- integral to the story. Mm. And I-, I wondered with the gay relationship between between you and, I want to call him Sam, that's his real name. Lestat. Lestat, exactly. Mm. Um, was that more in the Anne Rice novel? Yeah, in the books, they're like married. By, oh, by the later novels, they're fully married. Oh. And I think she reframed it that they kind of weren't in the first book. By the second book, she wrote as Lestat and she felt like she identified oh. more with him because Louis was like a stand-in for her grief. She, she lost a child. Oh, and I it was, see. Sorry, she was writing this book in grief and, it was a, and Louis represented that grief. The second book, she kind of rejected him a little bit because she'd mm. come through it. I didn't know any of them. No, me neither. Yeah, it was, it's amazing. And, and the books are, she's a beautiful writer. She didn't have an editor. And sometimes you're like, you notice it. You think she but, might need it in it? Well, <laughs> no, because actually some of those passages are like my favourite. They're really funny or they're really, they're just, they're hyper descriptive. But, um... Big lengthy monologues for you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get on set. Yeah. She basically decided that the fact that Louis was basically repressed and was den- in denial about their relationship and about the nature of their relationship. So, so by the second book, they were lovers and they, they always had been. Yeah, yeah, they watered that down in the Tom Cruise yeah. one, didn't they? Yeah, it's really disappointing now. When you see that mm. film, you're like, that would have been such a massive deal as well in the 90s. Especially then, to do it properly. Yeah, probably and Brad Pitt absolutely. and Tom Cruise. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, yeah. Imagine? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I am imagining little, it. I'm that poor little Tom. But, I mean. the, but the clothes as well, like it just mm. looks good. It does. And the style, I just thought it was a really interesting new way of doing it, getting into that deep southern, you know, the nature of all that pain yeah. and all that kind of gore mm-hmm. and gothicness that is in the background of the mm-hmm. south in that way. I've always been quite scared to go to the south. Did you film in the south? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we we shot in New Orleans. Yeah, like, for the whole time. I, yeah, and I was I was I felt the same way. I was like I don't I've heard too much. I've seen too much of the right. south. As the plane was going down in New Orleans, I was like I feel at home. Like, so there's something weird happening here. Like, I feel, I don't know if this sounds a bit like heady or a bit something, but. It's fine. She, she worships totally the moon, don't worry about it. Okay, all right. Well, but you know, sometimes you're just like, you just feel calm washing over you, and it feels like you can't really describe what it is, but it's just like a sense of belonging yeah. and, and calm. I really felt that, like, immediately. Strange. Like, at the airport yeah, as well, which is not even. It's really strange you... to be somewhere so far that you've never been mm. in the middle of America and feel that. I know that you're you're like you're spiritual. You have like an interest in kind of like what's going on under things and and above things and like that's everywhere Oof. in New Orleans. Oh. It's the closest I've ever felt to like another thing, yeah. like what whatever another else plane. is going on. Yeah, 
Yeah. Wow, it's that magic. Did that, because I feel like that sort of uh, is suffused in your performance actually from the performances from everybody that's jumping off the screen i literally put it on mm. and i just went i couldn't even like, like <gasps> stop watching it's mm. absolutely magnetic i'm not just like saying this to you because you're sitting opposite me but Thank there's you. an energy about the whole thing that is like that it's like it's got there's something else yeah. happening mm. right it's not just a story playing out there's some other well drive well yeah. this is probably a good time to tell jacob about the barbara streisand autobiography <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I'm, I haven't I, I was ready. Oh, tell me, tell me. To it. I was going to listen to it because yeah. I wanted to hear. All right, so Barbara Streisand. Uh, it's my name is Barbara, and it's the first autobiography she's ever written. And I've always loved her and always been enthralled by her, who she is, and what she stands for. She's always been very clear about that. That's kind of written across her career. Mm. But to hear her tell her story, and there's a lot about magical thinking, and there's a lot about Bashat, which is meant to be, you know, in Yiddish, and. I think that feeling in New Orleans, it's not just maybe a sense of belonging, but it's just like, I had it actually, I had it when we went to do the Caribbean show. <laughs> right. And I hung up all my clothes in Antigua and I knew halfway through, this isn't quite as magical, but I was like, I bet you I have exactly the right amount of hangers for everything in my bag. <laughs> and then, oh, wait a minute. That's magical. No, no, no. But then halfway through, I was like, I think I probably need some more hangers. Kane, can you get me some? Kane brought just a load in mm. and it was exactly the right amount. It's more like, Sometimes when I'm doing stuff like everything just has fits into place. Yeah. yeah. It's Bashat. You were meant to be there about to do what you were about to do, I think. Mm. That's what Barbara would say. That's what Barbara. But please start listening to it. I'm the, into the time it. time is now. We went to see Barbara Streisand in Hyde Park like a couple of years ago. Oh, she was amazing. That did happen, didn't she it? Saw, yeah, she was, was, she? She was incredible. Because Keith's been reading it right across the whole holidays and everything. Mm. And, and sharing um, it with the group a lot. Sharing it with the group a lot. <laughs> but she was just so young. And there's just something about that kind of focus or tenacity. being on the path and tenacity really, really young. Yeah. When you, when you realise, you know, she's a funny girl. She was like, what, 20-something or whatever. Yeah. She's so great. She's like, she's Incredible. a powerhouse. Like Incredible. she, and she was a, a, like a one-stop shop. What she was doing at that time in terms of directing and, and acting yeah. and singing and dancing and, yeah. and being that level at all of those things. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about being so young and being tenacious. Because 17's when you left Bristol to come to London. Yeah. Right. And I left home at 15. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking. (laughs) 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 On one. What was your mindset at 17 to leave Bristol and go to London? Were you just ready to work? Like, I feel like I was always ready to work. I got my first job when I was 14. I was cleaning up hair. Just because I wanted to work. Like, I just wanted... Independence. Definitely independence gives me some kind of sense of purpose and meaning to feel like I'm contributing to something in some way. Service, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I really enjoyed those kind of objective tasks. Mm. I think now I understand more, like I understand my, uh, how my brain works better. And I go to therapy and like, you know, I understand myself better now. But what I didn't understand when I was a teenager was that I need some kind of order. Like I need that in my life. Did you have disorder in your childhood? Yeah. Sorry to... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Andy knows my dad, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to be careful. No, no, um, <laughs> no, no. No judgment here, because when she's saying that, she's, gonna, she's about to say, because I did. <laughs> she's about to say, she said to me, I'm going to talk to him about having parents like you. <laughs> like what? No, amazing parents, you mean, Makita? No, a total gift of a parent this person is, of course. Yeah. But there, there was chaos, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in, in chaos everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as well when you're saying about like London and, and knowing everyone. My dad less so now, but like my parents were very, are, are very social. Social people. Well, and but you're like, not. They're both independently. I really enjoy being around people, but I get like, I don't go to stuff. Like I don't go to events. I, I don't really put myself out there in any way, but it's like a fear thing. It's not like- Did you used to? I used to have to subsidize my anxiety with drink and pub, stuff. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you know, like I had to get myself going before I could go out and then I wouldn't really remember any of it. Yeah. So I did, when I was like a teenager, when I first moved to London, I was like, on a bit of a mad one. <laughs> but then, like, I have live a very different life now. Well, but, I suppose you met your yeah. wife um, quite a while ago. I mean, you've been married since 2018, so you've been in a relationship for a long time, which yeah. domesticates yeah. you, and you work like a dog, it seems to, you know, if you look I back at all the things you've done. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's just what fills your cup up. I think it is. I kind of associate going out with, like, shame. Like, the, the next day, I, I associate right. with the, the morning after more than I do the actual time. Like, because I'm, I'm destructive. Yes. Like when I think about the actual night, I was thinking about this recently with touring. Like I used to jump, like go mad on stage, I'd jump around and I'd like be, like I'd be in shin splints by like the third date of the tour. Oh my God. Yeah, like I wanted to do some like bad brains, like punk type show. <laughs> do what, do like, call it? Do what do they call it when you jump off the stage? Yeah, no, I used to do all that. All I, of that I fell off the stage so many times. Crowd and I would like, at festivals, I'd run like down the front row and I'd like high five everyone. I, was, I wasn't just thinking about it. I was talking to my therapist about it. I think there was some element of like self harm in that, but you right. can do it. Like I could do it in a sort of safe environment. Certainly before I met my wife, that was what I was doing. I was like, just going too far. And when you do that on stage, though, it's a celebrated thing. Yeah. Because I I really relate to that, actually, because when I was in a band, you know, I was really young as Mm. well. I was like 17 or whatever. I used to go completely, but not like literally standing, you know, on my head, rolling about on the floor. (laughs) Like literally, me and Nana would tuck our dresses into our knickers, no shoes on and just dance like I love those dances. No, it was great. But there there was an abandon that I needed. Yeah. I needed that release and I needed that outlet. But Mm. there was also something about, there was literally, I can't, there were, bits of it I don't really remember mm-hmm. like it would be a little bit like some kind of dervish spin out thing like an you know out of I mean? body kind yeah of, out yeah. of body kind of experience and afterwards it would take you a good hour or so before you could really talk to people giving yourself a job with a stage involved isn't that what it's about like a place to exert shit and just scream and get stuff out and to, to connect I think so I think so I think that's kind of part of the like the, I remember the first time I ever went on a stage and that light hit my face and I just thought, oh, like <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. about when you do something like Game of Thrones, Jacob? Because that was it. I've realised that you did survived five seasons. Four, five, six, survived. seven, eight. Your yeah. People get killed brutally. Gone. Yeah, 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 Alfie, yeah. what did he last? But uh, he was he... very good at, at being that Obviously. main character. That's, that's a did lot Did you get close to Alfie? He's a lovely... I was going to call him a lovely boy. He's, not, he's a man. No, that's bullshit. He's not oh, a lovely yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's but a nice, wonder- wonderful <laughs> yeah. person. Yes. We love him to bits. But tell us a bit about being on like the biggest show of all time ever. That's quite intense. I know. I don't really know how much I ever reflected on it. I was 22. And it, I, I got cast in that the same week that I signed my record deal. What? And I was like... What a week. Yeah. It was a, it was a big week. And I like, I'd auditioned for it like weeks and weeks and weeks earlier. And then decided I just need to focus on music especially like here you're not starting to change now but like you're not allowed to do more than one thing like without people just dashing tomatoes at you yeah. constantly so i was like okay i have to do one or the other right and so i committed and i was like i signed to sony and i was like so i'm gonna do this thing end of that same week i'm on the bus and i get a call and it's like you know you auditioned for game of thrones like two months ago they, they want to offer you the part. I was like, okay. That's because you let it go. This is complicated. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. very complicated. What's that thing, book or holiday? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Did let you it go, it will come back proper. Because I remember when Alfie auditioned for it, and he was like, oh, I've got this audition in Ireland for mm. this thing. And did you have any concept that it was going to be the thing that it became? Because it was a beast. Yeah. It was not, a beast of yeah. a thing. Yeah, not to that extent. Because two of my good friends, one of whom was my flatmate at the time, were both in the show already. They were like in the in the first season, and the second season had just started to air when I was auditioning for it. So it wasn't like right big yet, but it was sort of like bubbling a little bit. Yeah, nice sturdy job, nice yeah, good role. Yeah. yeah, and it was like a few weeks in Morocco. I'd never been to Morocco, and really like travel for work. It was fun, but yeah, I didn't really know fully what I was signing up for. You said something quite interesting actually that the way that you made it felt more intimate, more small, mm. but it became this huge, big thing. And I think, do you think that is maybe part of its magic? The yeah. performances that the, 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 the actors that you all give are, are really intimate performances and the relationships are very, very close. Yeah. But obviously the impact that the whole show had was so huge. Do you think that's part of the magic of it? Yeah, maybe. It's like, it definitely was for me, like we were doing something really small until the last season. It was just me, Amelia, Natalie, Peter, Conliffe. Like, we had this little, like, I'm saying these names like everybody. <coughs> no, I know you, I know you, But you know, it was just That's that little. That's how big little... the show is. We know, <laughs> know, I know every single person you met. <laughs> Natalie, so, sure. But you never, like, you never have the scale, Natalie Emmanuel. I need to say Natalie's name. Yes, yes. Wonderful Natalie you know, Emmanuel. Dream human being. Really? She's a legend. 
Oh, yeah. I love that. No, Natalie's real. She's. You should have her on the show. She's yes. Oh, we'd love um, to. Give her a I've ring. Seen her yes, get one. Get one. I've seen her from afar, and I like um, her energy. But it's nice to say she's a wonderful person. <laughs> she is good. Good people. You don't have a sense of like perspective mm. because there's like thirty people in that show. Like Alfie, I met separate from. The, I don't. I've never worked with Alfie on the show. Uh, of course, you're we in different parts of the land, aren't yeah, you? Shoots in the night. <laughs> so it was always like that. There's different people thrones. I've never met. Different thrones. Yeah. Uh, quite literally, though. Yeah. I quite love. Same I, affliction, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. The old choppy chop. Yeah. You could have. We could have some. Some chats. <laughs> I, I actually read really a thing. quite a nuanced similarity to Chubby Chop. I uh, I read a thing that you actually had to explain to people that that was in the show and not in your actual life. Yeah, which oh, is come mad now. Like, we really think. <laughs> come now. Castrate yourself for success. <laughs> that's right. No, it's, that's a TV show, people. Surely they got that. No, people don't like. It's not, it's not that I think people don't actually realise the separation between reality and, and fiction, but just people don't want to believe it. They I think don't like want when, to think that there's difference. Yeah. Especially with Thrones, people are, their heart is in that. Yeah, and it, it's also just, you become like a symbol of something in yeah. people's heads. Yeah. How does that feel though? I think if somebody's part of something, mm where other people feel ownership in that kind of way. And I don't, I don't mean that in a kind of mean way, like they, they feel ownership, but yeah. it connects to their life in a way that uplifts their life in some way or fulfills something in their life that's missing. Mm. Does, does that feel like a responsibility? That's quite a lot. It does, but, but I feel like if you wore that all the time, then it would, it would be too much. So like, how do you cut that off? Um, I'm still. I'm, Sorry, I'm working on it. I don't know. Excuse the pun. But <laughs> chubby, like, chubby. I was like, mum. Um, <laughs> thing is, I brought it into the conversation. I know. And I know. We're like, not going to not discuss it? this. Yeah. Come on. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to get like the the balance of how you chat to people. Like Makita, for instance. We like we have friends in common, but like when I was growing up. I, like I used to watch you on TV and you were like one of three brown faces that were like, you kept me company. And like, <laughs> maybe, no, genuine. No, I, and I, I think as well, it's like, it's important to give people their flowers when, when you were here. That was so meaningful to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Not because I was like, that's what I want to do. It's not because I wanted to be on TV or anything. It's just like, yeah, the, the power of keeping somebody company in that way and you were so real <laughs> like you know like yeah. yeah it was really important thank you so much that means so much we could <laughs> but, but you can you can also like you disconnect because i'm i'm sitting here and talking to you and i feel comfortable with you mm. but like you also have somewhere in my being this like really important <laughs> role <laughs> yeah no yeah. i know what you mean i completely know what you mean because for me it was very lonely um, mm. in that time I bet because there was only me and June and, and Lenny Henry and Reggie <laughs> and Reggie and Reggie yeah, yeah. But, it, but I love that and I love that because I know how much that would have changed my life mm. and I, I didn't have that and I, I'm, the only thing you can do if you don't have it is to try and be it but, but obviously not consciously yeah. but it means so much to me to know that I kept people company for sure that's mm. a really lovely way of a really it. nice way of putting it Oof. I was I a lonely you. kid as well like, and mm. I, I went to 
primary school where they're like there wasn't a lot of kids that looked like me really in bristol so, yeah so they, that again it's also like that's quite hard in bristol isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> I was, let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. oh, that's a good way for me saying I had a funky childhood. You can say that to me next time. That's a nice way mistakes of putting it. Mistakes were made. <laughs> there were mistakes. We were young. Absolutely. We're we're, was your dad fallible. very young as well? Because he's 58 and you're like 33. Yeah. yeah. I was 20 when I had Makita, so clearly I was still yeah. trying to, you know, working out how to walk straight. How are you feeling? And it's mad. Yeah. Being a parent. I was gonna is say mad. you're a dad now. You have a daughter. Yeah. It's not that I ever want to like apologize to my parents. There are moments where I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. I get, it. I get this. I get that. Yeah. Right. This is a lot. Right. My daughter is my favorite human being on the yeah. planet. She. she I love your music. Thank I really you. need to say that to you. We need actually. to say again. So yeah, we used to. I used to train to your first album, Stronger Than Ever, particularly. Yeah. And and Mum told me today she trained to Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah. I love that song. I love that song. It's just beautiful. I love the way it builds and the way the the cadence of the the lyrics, the whole thing. You're a really accomplished musician. Thank you. And then I looked, I looked, and I thought, you've got a website, you've got merch. Merch, exactly. You're an actor, you've done all these records. I'm like, this boy never stops working. You are mm. quite driven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Yes. Yeah. You're allowed to And be. that's okay. Yeah. Were you able to claim that easily as just a younger? Just this minute. <laughs> just, just, just this moment. moment. It just yeah. Well done. <laughs> no, because I've been... Yeah. Say it! <laughs> Say I it, am, I, am I am driven. driven. I am driven. This was my thing. When I was a kid, I listened to music. I mean, like, you know, my daddy's like a aficionado. He has, like, his them. record collection is crazy. Yeah. So I grew up with that as like partially an, an education and that was something that I really, like he and I really connected on. All the stuff that people think about on the top, you know, it's TV Wonder, Ratos, whatever. But then underneath that, there's this kind of deep, rooted because we came out of punk mm. and punk was a route into through into all these avenues of alternative musicality yeah. and theatricality and literature extraordinary music mm. amazing theater and just artistic endeavor and you said something actually about Stormzy that I thought was really interesting that you really admired his old school artistry mm. And uh, when you were talking about your dad, then I suddenly just remembered that. And I was thinking, yeah, because that's what's behind all of that. There's a kind of respect. People think of us as a kind of like, you know, just out of control generation. But actually, we were educating ourselves in a very different way yeah. outside yeah. of the, root, the confines of school or the parameters of a, of a bricks and mortar educational system. We educated ourselves yeah. in a way about the artistry of the world and how much power that can give you mm. and how tall you can stand and how far that can drive you. But we did it off our own back. So your dad was probably like all of us, like, Digging out the weirdest little records. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Weird stuff. And also stuff that at the time I was like, I don't want to listen to that. Like yeah. I'm not. And it's only later on yeah. that I've gone, oh, like he was showing me some stuff that's like, it's incredible. As a kid, I was like, you have to be a detective. Or no, I think of it now, I was a little detective. Mm. Like I used to 
go searching for things like before the internet you'd like you go into the library yeah research like, like a little like, researcher yeah 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 and then like i would listen to um trevor nelson's show on sunday mm. but i'd record the whole show and then i'd edit out trevor with love to trevor i would edit him out so i'd have like just a, the tunes. Tunes. for the week yeah well, and kids were meticulous like, weren't they you yeah. had to be so that you didn't yeah. you know, make your own little mixtape start and stop totally. record start, start and stop, and stop record. Record. <laughs> i mean who could do that be bothered to do that these days but it was important those tapes yeah, my daughter like i, I really want to give her that that sense of like a little analog something just something's like it's good to like ah. to dig for things. We're going through a time where it's like everything is just thrown at you. Like you know the thing like we had it when when my wife was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant. We were getting like told about baby grows and stuff. And you're like, how, how do they know what is going on? And what did the phone G. pick up some hormonal change? <laughs> no, no. Scary no. Shit, that's scary. But yeah, and I just I don't want that. I don't want her to be led by that I feel like that that spirit as a, as a child it kept me alive yes it kept me uh, your curiosity one's curiosity yeah. uh, actually um, there's this film called When We Were Young it's a Noah Bambao film is that yeah. you said Bambao but it's it's really interesting it's about uh, an older couple oh god they're like 45 but it's Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts and they meet a younger couple Adam Driver and uh, Amanda Thingamabob and the younger couple listen to records and like don't use the internet and like make their own ice cream and the older <laughs> couple are like constantly on their computers listening to podcasts da -da -da, you know like yeah. living in what we've been given and the other the younger people have retreated back and they do this one thing where they're like what was that sweet called and they're like oh let me look up and they're like no let's just remember and yeah. i was like that is what's missing from today let's yeah, just, remember. just remember what was that guy called let's just remember yeah. rather than let me just look it up and i think that that curiosity drove my life mm -hmm. and that you're saying as I well know. as a child all of us so i get what you mean but it's like how do you keep your kids you know curious you and get her hungry. Uh, get her a set of encyclopedias <laughs> yes she'll love those at Encyclop three no <laughs> i used to love encyclopedias no, yes yeah, i think i would. love my encyclopedias i know i love an encyclopedia because you have to go and get the right book down. And mum used yes. to take me to the encyclopedia and you get the right, you know, the right volume, A mm. to whatever. And then you look it up and you find the pictures and you read what it is you're looking for and you find out the information. Of course, half the information probably isn't in the encyclopedias <laughs> now because they're quite old. I don't know. They, do they still make encyclopedias physically? Yeah. Do yeah, they? They we, would have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's They'd like have to a, do that like, new volume. Like, you know, they do new edition dictionary. Do yeah, because then how would you put, like, algorithm into an encyclopedia? Yeah, yeah. but it kind of... Oof. So it's really yeah. changed your life becoming a parent. Yeah. And yeah, what, is it, what does it make your future look like to you? Do you when, you when you think about family and the family that mm. you want to build for her and what you want for your future, what do you think about? I do think about her future a lot. She's like a performer. She'll like cry in the mirror and then, like, <laughs> and then she'll stop crying and then look at herself oh and then like get God. herself back into a state of tears. Wow. And I'm like, oh no, she's oh. an actor. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, what? this is a good time to bring up that, um, that your wife is an actor as well. She is, yeah. So this is a child of two actors. Come yeah. on. Let's do, there's no, she's good. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I want her to be, I think about like, I want her to be in STEM. Like I wanted to do engineering and science and be into anything yeah. kind of practical. Yeah. And then I think what I really want is for her to be happy and find yeah. purpose. 
And Whichever. the only way she can do that is yeah, if we yeah. leave her to do what she. We probably let her be a huge for. actress that she's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I hate to break star. it to you, but for the sound of that mirror shit, you might be out of luck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. wanted to ask. I wondered with two actors married yeah. because you still have to audition for Interview with the Vampire. Didn't you have like a lengthy ten yeah, round audition with like you know the Americans? I can imagine. Yeah. You really wanted that though, right? Yeah, I did. You were talking to Zawe about yeah. following your spirit, uh-huh. and that that was one of them. And I had like I had reservations as well because I, I was like, Louis, is it okay for me to play? Is it right for me to play this man?" And then well, you just get kind of a feeling there was too much that we had in common. You were drawn. It was the beginning of that thing I was saying in in New Orleans. Where I just felt really connected. It's like when you meet a, a person that you're just really drawn to. Is that what it's yeah. like? I mean, I'm not an actor, I don't know, but is that what it's like when you find the role, when you read the part and you know that you're meant to... Is it, what is it, Nikita? Bichette. 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 It's meant Bichette. to be. Bichette. It's like B-E-R-S-H-A-R-T, Bichette. Oh, Bichette. Yeah, Yiddish. Meant to be. Meant to motherfucking does, be. Does that happen to you often or no, is it a rare not thing? often. I think, if I'm being really honest with myself, I think that's the first time. It's something I always got with music because it's that is my heart. Like it's just like music is just me just going okay, pulling out my heart, and I have a control over that which you don't get when you're acting. But yeah, Louis, he gives me that same kind of feeling. Like I, like I feel like I'm letting somebody in on something. Ooh. Do people, do actors revisit characters they've played? Like, would you in your head? Yeah. Like go talk to Louis after a project's finished. He's quite a... <laughs> you can tell us the truth. No, and I would. I would. I've been told that I overshare. Um, oh, me too. I don't care. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? I hate it when people say shit like that to me. It's like, yeah. you just, it's like, I'm only trying to tell you half the truth. Yeah, what, was it? what, what do you want? What kind of shit is that? Like, yes, I don't yeah. understand. I don't know what that means. It's bullshit. Yeah. Please, over, tell me the overshare. Please, do. Share away. Do you chat to Louis in your head? Yeah, I do. And, and I talk to my grandma and I talk to my granddad. And they're people that have passed. Yeah. It's not so much that I'm like sitting there and I'm talking with words. It's like a sense of somebody or something yes. being there. But yeah I, I, yeah, I can say this, I think, without spoiling anything. And if I did, then exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but at the end of shooting this season... Series two, yeah. I had got like a, a handful of rocks from Dubai, from the Dubai set. And I put them in a little like pouch, like a little baggie. And I started to like spread them. Like I started to basically like spread Louis's ashes oh, in like insignificant places. It, it was in New Orleans. Uh, it was in New Orleans. Dubai. <laughs> to, to make sense of this. It, but yeah, so I like, I put them in, in like Louis places to say goodbye to him for a bit, you know? Because he's been like that, that show and him have been so much a part of my brain for the last two years. And I was doing that. And then I went to this park where me and my wife and my daughter and my mother-in-law, like we used to walk around and I started to like put them there as well, which is like, that's not a Louis thing. That's a me thing. Right. But it felt more, way more significant than like where I was putting them before, like For in Louis. the sort of yeah. like interview with the vampire. 
iconic places, but not. I don't mean it is in like the shows are iconic. Connected places, yeah. Yes, connected so places, yeah. And and I thought that was really significant. Even doing this symbolic thing, which is not what I do. Mm. Like I wouldn't describe myself as a spiritual person, or. Mm. And I was like, there's this weird place where me and him have like have kind of met and have become the same person and, and it's a good thing for me to like separate put, yeah right because yeah. Louis like my messiest yeah he, he's very similar to like me at my messiest right he's, that look sharp thing yeah he, look, he, looks, yeah, he, dresses, he looks good though look, he crazy bastard <laughs> he looks good <laughs> he knows how to dress that's so Louis is one. Louis into the vampires. You on tour, basically? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But again, like I was so, I'd never did that stuff. Yeah, like, I think I was thought like let it in. I was so tired after shows. Like mm. I used to be sad. I used to be so sad coming off stage. Like it, I, I was talking to my wife about it the other day, and she was like, "Yeah, I never really said it to you, but like, I could always sense like there was a." like a kind of emotional exhaustion that I'd have after shows that I, I didn't want to celebrate. It's like a little death. Wanna... Yeah. Yeah. And always, I felt like a bit like ashamed again. Because yeah. of revealing so much. Yes, maybe yeah. it's that. Yeah. And because it is, it's like, you're just going like, ah, you're just screaming. But did you not feel, because I always felt like for it to be any good, mm. it had to be that deep. 100%. Otherwise it was bullshit 100% so that's what I mean about this oversharing thing what am I meant to who am I Sandy fucking Shaw it's like <laughs> I'm on the stage I'm gonna give it everything I'd rather be you know Big Mama Thornton's Rosetta Tharp Sister Rosetta Tharp I'm Tina Turner I want to give it yeah, everything exactly yeah. I don't want to give it half of like little Mary Poppins thing it's that's good, never but I know what you mean when you feel like you've let your mess out a bit yeah but it's yeah. like you've got you got to get messy because then you know you're living I it. think it's all right to let our mess out. The mess needs... I'd rather have it out than in. You know, you're talking about your therapy. I've had a lot of therapy. She's had a lot of therapy. Thank God for therapy. <laughs> Thank God for therapy. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because then the mess is out and you get to process in a way that you don't have to feel sad afterwards. You don't mm. have to feel like it's a little death. <laughs> I keep thinking about the phrase guilty pleasure Ugh. for the last couple of weeks and I hate it. Thank you. I'm like, I, why I, you, why do you have to feel guilty about it? Yeah. Just feel the pleasure. That's right. How can you feel? So yeah. What is that about? You can't, it's, it's, it's too much of an oxymoron. Yes. It's like, it's one step too far because you cannot feel guilty about something that also, you're gives talking you about, pleasure. You're talking yeah. about a piece of apple pie, right? <laughs> oh my guilty pleasure. It's a piece of pie. I think about music as well. I'm like, yes. if music moves you and you love it, you don't need to feel bad. Where it came from? Really? Like it, well, I don't know. Are you saying like, next time I whack on some Celine Dion? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one said that someone else can't. I don't have to be there. Yeah, yeah. But that's not my guilty pleasure. That's just pleasure to me. But that's actually when I went to when I got to Antigua. I've been. I was lucky to go twice when I was a kid. But when we got to Antigua, the radio stations. Oh, my dream! It's like it's like Celine Dion, and then it's like old school SWV with a bit of like boys to men, and then a bit like country and western. And I was just like, this is my people. I was like, I am home. I was like. <laughs> I literally was like Michael Bolton was playing. I was oh like, "Tell me how to live." Yeah, it was good. But I love as well. Do you remember? Like, I used to listen to these at the barbershop all the time. You have like, 
it's like a, like a reggae version of like West everything. Life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, Whoa! They used to get those tunes out before the original yeah. tune was even out. Yeah. I don't even know how they did it. When we were kids, they would be out, and then the originals, the the, the actual singer would come. And you think, oh my god, that's why I heard that last week in the blues. So wait, so next up is the next series of um, Interview the Vampire. Yep. Oh God, I'm so happy to see that. More music? Yeah, definitely. I've written like two songs since my daughter was born. I have like a self-consciousness about it. I need to just break it and say what I really feel. That's the the barrier that I'm not broken. You have to like, feel like parenting is this exercise of sometimes you want to be like, just do it because I need you to do it. Yes. But you have to be reasonable and be like not always okay let's talk about this <laughs> no, we try it the other sometimes they've like, just got to do it it's sometimes yeah. it's just because i've told you to and we'll talk about it later or oh, not God, why does that still annoy me <laughs> <laughs> i think it's great that people are reasonable with their children and they you explain as much as you can to your children yeah. but sometimes they just have to do as they're told you know we are still having this fight she's 39 and I'm 60 and we're still having this fight. Obviously, she doesn't have to do what she's told anymore. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apologise when you're wrong. Yeah. Because they need to know that you're not some like mountain that's, you know, never, never wrong. Because then when you are wrong, they fall apart completely. Mm. Apologise them, all that stuff. But sometimes they just need to shut up and get on with what you told them to get on with. Because <laughs> they are pick me <laughs> and you are the big people. <laughs> And it is that straight up and simple. You're four, go to bed. (laughs) End of story. It's lovely to meet you. (laughs) It's so nice. I want to sit you down with my daughter. And I want you to... She wrote this bossy bitch. Thank you so much, Jacob. Thank you. So nice. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Seriously, I'm glad you liked your dinner. It was beautiful. We're going to give you some to take. Randell, what did you just say to me? He's very mannerable. Mannerable. Oh. Mannerable. And, and he has good brought up seeds. <laughs> <laughs> that man has good brought up seeds. That yeah. I loved the moment when I said, Are you very driven? And he said, Yeah. And I said, Did you take you a while to accept it? And he went, Just now, this second. But, uh, but, but isn't that funny because he's so achieved? But why is it so hard for us to just own that energy like Mm. I want it and I'm hungry for it and I'm Mm. driven and I just want to succeed and achieve and you know encompass everything that my heart desires it's a very difficult thing for people to accept about themselves well interestingly I feel like he he has put those feelings into action since day yes but possibly verbalizing it is a different thing difficult thing but if you look at what he's done and the way he's done it with his acting and with his music so interesting he said he got game of thrones in the same week that he got his record deal because i always thought what a week i always thought when i knew that about his career was he consciously trying to do two big things to create a particularly kind of loud uh visible career but no but it was just Bashat. Such a fascinating young human being. Brilliant artistry, I think. Yes. And I love the way he goes about the breadth and the depth of his artistry. The music, the acting, the writing, the directing, his parenting. Just the way that he approaches the world. These are the, this is, can we have more Jacobs in the world? That'd be please? great. That'd be great. More Jacobs in what, the world. What a, what a beautiful young man. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. 
Cheers to that. And yes. can I say cheers to the uh, mushroom gravy? Oh my God, the food today, Mum. <laughs> oh, I was so happy to share those mashed potatoes and meatballs and gravy with Jacob because like he just said, as I was saying, bite him on the steps. He was like, thank you for making me feel so at home. I felt so at home. Yes. And I was like, that's the way my mum feeds people. Oh. And that's what you gave him a big dose of home today. Jacob Anderson, meeting you today was... Bichette. 